Imagine you're sitting at a family gathering for the holidays. They want to hear about your experiences in Web3. Everyone gathers around you to hear about your NFTs. You take out your smartphone as you prepare to show an example of your favorite collection. You then navigate to your most prized possession. As you open your mouth to prepare to explain why it has so much value, the room falls dead silent. Much to your surprise, the image that has loaded up is triple X rated and not appropriate for the room. Today, we're going to explain how this is possible and why it happened to thousands of NFTs earlier this week. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real world value. So in case you're wondering why you were seeing headlines about NFTs showing up on Magic Eden with pornographic images and the Big Bang Theory, rather than the image that are supposed to be associated with the NFT itself, it's because there was a technical malfunction that technically was not Magic Eden's fault, but a lot of people were blaming Magic Eden for it. But truthfully, I've actually seen this on OpenSea as well. I've seen images completely mess up. Not to this extent. However, I have seen wrong images or characters and attributes disappear or swapped around. And it was a, sim and it was a similar reason. Magic Eden is officially blaming this on a third-party hosting company, which does their caching for the images. And what does that exactly mean? Caching is when a computer saves information in its memory for quick access at a later time. So just giving you a, an example of what that is, when you first go to a website, you notice that it loads a lot slower than the second time you go there. That's because it, all that data that was loaded up the first time actually saves in your browser, the images and some of the code and so forth. So the next time it goes there, your phone actually pulls that from memory rather than downloading that directly from the website or the server through the internet. And the same actually happens server side in the sense that the servers that are loading up these websites or web images or so forth, they're actually pulling it from an original source, wherever they're actually stored, and it's saving a copy of that. So a lot of times, that is why when you update a website or someone actually says a mint is live or whatever, and you're refreshing, you're refreshing, and it's just not there. You might be in a Twitter space and they're saying, yes, the mint is live, the mint button is there, I'm looking at it, and you might be refreshing your page and you're not seeing it. Well, that's because of a caching issue. It's because a previous version is either loaded on your device in your browser or it's on the server side and it's actually being delivered the old version. And so until that updates, the new changes will not be seen. So in this case, the reason why this is actually done is for faster loading because no one wants to wait for anything these days. And it's just good for user interface, for Google optimization, you know, because how fast something loads, it causes people to back out and then go to another website. So all of these things are very important and it becomes more common and common that all these images and websites are caching. So that is what happened. This company that was doing the caching to make things load up ended up sending and having all these wrong images that were loading up. So people that were seeing their NFTs, the image was actually cached version. So how exactly is that possible in Web3? I mean, that should make no sense. Well, a lot of people don't fully realize that these NFTs and a lot of what we're doing in Web3 is built on Web2 infrastructure because very few NFTs actually have the image on chain. So that's something that you're going to hear a lot the longer you spend in the space on chain versus off chain. 
and usually that is about the data. And in the case of the NFT image itself, very few of them, the image is actually on the blockchain. So I'm going to use an example of Ethereum because, again, most of the people that listen to this podcast tend to be Ethereum people. Of course, I love Wax, Solana, Polygon, everything. I'm all over the place, Tezos. I really have no favorites. But as far as the attention right now, it's in Ethereum. So I'm going to use this example as Ethereum. The block size really severely limits the size of the information that you're going to put on the blockchain. So if you want to put some of these images, which could be as much as five 10 megabytes, or if it's a video or a sound, it could literally cost millions of dollars to put that information on chain onto the Ethereum blockchain. So usually what happens is the token itself, the information that's linking the ownership back to those images and everything that happens to be displayed, whether it is the art or the music or the video, it's actually linking to something that is off chain. And there's really three options as to how this is stored. Some very simplistic art projects such as the on-chain monkeys, which as far as I know, were the first ones that were entirely done on-chain, meaning that there was no JPEG or PNG file stored on a computer or server somewhere that was then ported onto the blockchain. But that art was fully dynamically created at Mint directly on-chain using all of that code, which is Pretty mind-blowing. I'm not going to even go into the technical details of that, but just know that there is no JPEG or TNG file, any image or anything stored some other place, and they're calling from it. It's all coming from within the Ethereum blockchain, that code that's right there within that NFT. Then you have some things like the CryptoPunks, which originally had their art separate, but later on combined that and got that onto the blockchain and linked to it. But the thing that you'll notice with both of those projects is that the art is very simple. Now, as art gets more complex, then it goes to something that you would need like IPFS, which is Interplanetary File System. And this is basically like the decentralized cloud. Picture of, you know, your iCloud or your Google Cloud where you actually have your image. And of course, that is stored directly with one of these massive companies centrally owned. However, with IPFS, it is scattered across multiple servers, multiple people's computers and devices. It is decentralized. It is virtually impossible to get rid of these things because once it is out there, it is out there. And that is how these images are typically stored for the majority of NFT projects. So if you actually look at it to see where is this image stored, it's pulling from an IPFS hash number, which basically means that that is the address and it's pulling all that information together, reconfiguring it, and then presenting the image. But the third option is when everything is stored on a central server, such as your AWS cloud or your Microsoft cloud or one of those, and it's being pulled in from that. Now, you might see the disadvantages of that, seeing that it is centrally owned. It could be censored by one of these major companies. If it fails, whatever could go wrong. I mean, anything, that company could go out of business. And if there's no backup, I mean, just multiple reasons why that could be a bad thing. However, there is a very strong use case for that scenario, bridging this whole Web 2 and Web 3 world. So a lot of people want to just totally abandon everything that's in Web 2. However, it is not practical. And here's the reason why. That first one makes perfect sense for these very simple, very basic artworks. The second one makes sense for something that is very detailed, maybe five to 10 megabytes or so, a massive image that wouldn't make sense to put it directly on chain or in the case of a video or a song. But when you come to these massive 3D files that these characters can do all sorts of crazy things, 
then IPFS doesn't even become an option because someone has to need to have the ability to then pull these characters so that they can port them into a 3D animation software or whatever it is. And that requires, at this point in time, one of these servers such as AWS or one of the traditional Web2 models that we need. So what exactly happened? Why did these pornographic images show up? It's because the information is not directly linked to the token itself. So there is a huge debate. What does a person actually purchase when they're buying an NFT? Well, the way the contract is actually written, the rights and so forth, it could be linked to the art. It could not be linked to the art. So that's why sometimes they come with commercial rights. Sometimes they don't come with commercial rights. And some people might be upset saying, well, I own the NFT. That means I own the image. Well, not technically. And in the case of the on-chain monkeys, well, the NFT, the token and everything, it is all in one. But there are many different ways this thing can happen. So you might have an NFT, but technically, do you have the image? Well, it all depends. How is it stored? How are the rights actually transferred and so forth? So, of course, it makes things very awkward for that Thanksgiving dinner when you whip out those NFTs to see nude pictures. However, technically, it is not Magic Eden or OpenSeas or any of these platforms fault because at the end of the day, they're not the ones storing it. But of course, their apologies really don't mean much if you're the one who was embarrassed before all of those people. But if you'd love to know where the image for your NFT is stored, I actually have a companion video for this podcast episode because it is so much easier to just see where it is. It is very short, quick, to the point, and it just literally shows you how to get there from OpenSeas to Etherscan and be able to see exactly if the artwork is stored directly on chain with the token on IPFS or some sort of web server like an AWS using the project's back end. So if you'd like to see that video step-by-step step and actually show you how to do it within a couple minutes, please feel free to check that link in the show notes. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.